shining a beacon on the bazaar. Back so your idea is just a monkey star. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a cowboy sheriff, uh, and instead of <laughs> instead of a gun, he's got his cock in his holster. Right. And where's the monkey coming away? Well, that's him. He's the monkey. Cowboy <laughs> <laughs> monkey sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a right. monkey star. That's his name. <laughs> 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 and he and he fights. He's got a big lesson when he fights like really rough alligators that are like nasty, nasty cowards. And what's he fighting with his cock? Yeah, he just whips his cock out, you know, there's trouble. He's he, he, he <laughs> in his holster and he just whips it out and starts shooting him oh, with jizz. It's Jizz a Monkey Star. Yeah, that's his name. Jizz a Monkey Star. <laughs> Does he rides on an animal? Uh, yeah, he, he rides on a goat. <laughs> <laughs> That's got really big full tits and he drives on four. What <laughs> flavour milk does the goat's tits have? She's a flavour It's all just unrelated, is the old show. <laughs> all right, pretty good. And what does he do with the animals like the alligators he defeats? What does he do? He with shoots them with jizz, then he lassoes them and drags them to some like hot dog prison cell in it, like hot dog bars. <laughs> hot dog bars. Hot, hot dog bars. Yeah, right. it's like a cage. Right, and when they're in the hot dog bars, what do you think we do with them in there? Lots of damage. I'm only doing prison now. <laughs> Welcome to Cracking Cool, the podcast that shines the beacon onto the bazaar. And I'm Mark. I'm a Benny. And as you can guess, we didn't have a beginning for today, so we just hit record. <laughs> I think it well, I painted that picture. Could be a good show, could it? Just a monkey star. What channel would we go on, do you think? Five star, definitely five. Yeah, five, yeah. five star. They'd yeah, have it, they'd have it, they'd fucking snap. And what would be best is, what was that... Um, what was that TV show that used to show us that was on a DVD? And it was actually Animal Cruelty. It was oh, a that weird one, Banco and James or something. Yeah, that, oh, that was so weird. That, that yeah. chimpanzee, and a, like a fat bulldog that had been brought up together. And that weird man used to just let him out into the streets of yeah. Japan and do errands and little missions for him. And that yeah. really weird show. This, this, is a, this is a show that Ben brought back on a DVD from Thailand, which I didn't want to look at. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming out, I can have a look at this. It involves a monkey and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's really strange. I won't mind knowing what, what, what's happened to him now all these years later. You know what I mean? Are they dead? Did it turn funny or something? You know, well, it's a lot of years later, so the dog's yeah. obviously dead. I'm going to look into that for next show. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's another one my kids like, which is, I think he, I mean, this sounds awful. I think it's called something like You're Old Enough. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's basically what it is. It's a Japanese show, and they let little kids go on errands. Oh, right. But they just follow them like, with, with a massive camera crew running ahead and filming them. They just basically sort of say, right, off you go. You go shopping. 
Jesus. And these little kids walk along and they go to shops and they try and buy things. It's really cute in a way, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also sinister. Because yeah. all you can see is these really sort of intense Japanese guys running around trying to film them. Mm, and you just confuse kids. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and they sort of think it's cute and funny to all the sort of like, but people watch it. The only kid, all I can see is this sinister manufactured oddness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an old country, Japan, isn't it? We're listening to some bits and pieces with Japan. Yeah. I love it. I love how weird it is, but that you know you do. It's like pre Second World War and then post Second World War. It's like a completely yeah, different it's country. A massive isn't it? juxtaposition, isn't Absolutely. it? You know, for what it's sort of like, what, what, how everything goes and what it stands for, and it's that mix of sort of like the East and the West yeah, yeah. in the most kind of fucked up way possible. But I suppose they're doing the best to kind of get it all together. Kind of thing, you know, once <laughs> you see it, it just sounds so crazy. Yeah, we will go. Mm. Well, what we need to do is we need to unshackle the curve one time, just sort of like take a yeah. up, pull up anchor yeah. and let the, let the old drift over to Japan drift to Japan and do a special <laughs> Japanese spe- maybe a Japanese special would be quite that good, would be actually. good yeah, yeah, we could yeah. Look at the Japanese little mo- myths and monsters ghosts and spirits yeah. those funny vending machines have got yeah, God. Mm. school girl spit <laughs> I've never got the whole thing with knickers yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't like knickknicks oh you well, mean, no, get, you mean get, it's like the old idea sort of like of, of like you know buying Schoolgirls' knickers. That's yeah, especially schoolgirls' knickers. Oh, anybody's knickers. Yeah. I, I won't believe that. You know, on the on the tin, it'll be like it's right, pretty girl. But really, it's a guy someone. called Jeff who just yeah. goes through the knickers, isn't it? That's it. That's what I think. Just get nice and musky. Yep, that'll yeah, do. Jeff's got a musky crease. All oh, he does yeah. is he does a bit of satellite sort of searching on the net for a while, and these knickers are too tight on him. Yeah. Whips them off, pops on another pair, shoves them in a little Kinder Surprise or whatever it is, the celebrating and off the go. Just men are demented, aren't they? They're absolutely yeah. sexually demented. Like you said, those ones that bottle the trumps for men and it's just it's it's very strange. Yeah, <laughs> we need to move away from that kind of malarkey, mm, don't we? We need yeah. as men we need to clean up his act a little bit. Exactly. I know yeah. who could do it. Oh Jesus and monkey stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Getting riding into town. Yeah. First spot of call, Hugh Edwards, the newsreader. Yeah. Hugh, who? Put your ass away, you. We don't want to see it. It's quite a peach. Let's get casting. Aye. <laughs> First boat out of the harbour today, kid, is that sort of a bit kind of a bit fitting in a way? Because oh, yeah. we're turning around and saying sort of like, "Oh, come on, blokes, you need to sort yourselves out a bit and be a bit kind of being a bit bit cleaner." You yeah, know? yeah, clean your act up. Have you heard about this teenage boy who's been sexually assaulted? Mm-hmm. Now that's not—it's not a laughing matter in its own sense. Is, that no. you know what I mean? It's a bit bad. He's only fifteen, poor oh, lad. You know what I mean, right? Um, but this is in Burgess Hill in London, right? Uh, a teenage boy was sexually assaulted by two women, and he woke up with his clothes removed and injuries to his head and body. What? Right? The 15-year-old was walking on Cant's Lane in Burgess Hill before heading through a wooded area towards World's End at about 6.15 on the 4th of June, right? right? He was assaulted and woke up on the floor, police said. Both women were between 18 and 20 years old, one being six foot three tall oh. with dyed bright red hair. Wow. 
and the other one was uh, five foot nine tall, still tall, um, with night Jordan trainers and had glasses on. She had white blonde hair and spoke with a Merseyside accent. Oh God! How what a weird pair! So they've knocked him on end, stripped him, and had a bit of a feel with him or something. Well, it looks like they've just kind of cornered him in the woods. Yeah. Um, he mu- he's known he's been sexually assaulted, so I think they basically sexually assaulted him in one way or another oh in the woods, God. right? Then they've stripped him and beaten him up or something and oh. dinked him, right? He's woken up injured. Jeez, he's been knocked out, hasn't he? Yeah. Six foot three died right there. Yeah, and the other one five foot nine. Well, it must be easy to find. You'll see her in crowd, eh? Sounds like a job for jizz and monkey stars, I think. He's getting riding into town. On goat with it. I'll get the hot dogs ready walk them up. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, isn't Ooh, mad that? That is it's disturbing. Poor lad. Yeah, kind of poor lads as well, but at the same time, I mean, I know you don't want to make light of these sort of things, but to be honest, if somebody said to me I was going to get assaulted by a six foot three woman who's 18 to 20 years old, <laughs> a lot of people have paid good money for that. <laughs> it's true, in a way. Yeah. I don't get braid about head, though, don't I? The thing is, what I feel sorry for this lad is how he's recounting it to coppers, right? Mm. And you can tell too, and there'll be blow at coppers, yeah. and they'll be casting the glance going, Lucky bastard. <laughs> oh, don't know. They're stuck a branch up his bum or something. You don't know what's happened here. Yeah. We don't know what's happened. We don't know what's happened. So, you know, like I say, I am making, making light. Yeah, you know. A pair of fucking weirdos are out there. But, I also think this, because it's incredibly unusual and mm. bizarre, it's almost, this is almost like an abduction case. Yeah. This is almost like, you know, uh, one of these things that's happened before where people said, oh, they've seen something particularly bizarre and there's something weird happened. Because there's things in this story that don't quite add up. Yeah. The fact he's been, he's woken up. He's woken up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what's happened to him to, for him to be unconscious? Mm. Now, to actually knock somebody out takes a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. You could, don't, you, you've got to be, I mean, I don't know how badly injured he was. But for him to be, and it says here that he's got sort of like he's got he's got injuries to his head, so he's obviously been sort of either yeah. battered to sort of like, and he, he's, he's unconscious. But the fact it's a sexual assault, yeah. and a fifteen-year-old's not going to be carrying any money, really. I mean, he might have had some really sort of like dripping clobber on. He might yeah. have been sort of like wearing some swag stuff, sort of thing. Stripping me off when he's unconscious. Yeah, it's a bit alienating. Yeah, it? it seems a bit abductee to me. Does yeah. this? You know, now this happened about four or five days ago, right? Uh, and still no arrests, no other reports. Okay, see, you know, yeah. it's not an hard one to find a six foot three dyed redhead. You know, yeah. that should be like, I know why. This is it, people. And then you've got the other one, he's five foot nine, white blonde hair, Merseyside accent, Scouser mm-hmm. sort of thing, you know. And, and like black crop top and pink Air Jordans. She's wearing blue shorts as mm-hmm. well. So the whole attire, everything about her, and in the London region with a jo- with a with a, a Merseyside accent, the whole thing's high strange, isn't it? Mm. And I I just when I read that, I read it through and read it through. Then I looked up other reports and read them through, and they're all the same report. And someone's not right about it. Mm, someone's yeah. a bit fishy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's either the kid is saying something a bit more we're not hearing the full story from the kid yeah, right? I'm not blaming the lad yeah, but I'm saying you know, we, we need more information or it could be something is peculiarly something strange has occurred to him mm. 
You know what I mean? And he's seen it or remembered it like that in a way. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Gosh, yeah, yeah. He's six foot three. That is very abnormal yeah. size for a lass, isn't it? You know, that you is know. very tall. It's very tall for a lass. I mean, I'm six three. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, well, I was just over six, six three, but I'm about six three now. So yeah. that and people, oh, you're tall. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for a last to actually get this lad, these two sort of duff him over, and the fact he's not been able to flee. Yeah, in woods as well. Yeah, you say there's more to the story. More, there. either more to the story um, from the boy's perspective, yeah. or something weird has genuinely occurred to him, yeah. uh, happened to him. You know, uh, and yeah. Bit of a weird one, it isn't it? No, it's a good one. Like I said, keep uh, keep an eye keep on that. Keep an eye on that Definitely. one, you know. But it's like at the same sort of time, the bloody hell fire. We've got it once. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping a local news arcade, and that's what we need to do, right? right. There's, um, there's a, there were a weird occurrence, and it was Christmas Day 2021, right? And this was a man who arrived at Windsor Castle armed with a crossbow to kill the Queen. Oh, this is mad. I've, I've looked into this a little bit. Right, right. So, so this character, they said he's Jaswa Singh Chail from Hampshire, right? And that's when he was arrested, Christmas Day 2021, right? And it was during the pandemic. Yeah. And he's been uh, he's been charged with a treason act to make threats to kill and possessing an offensive weapon. And he is apparently he's previously tried to get close to the royals before the old Bailey heard, right? Yeah. So this isn't his first offence. Now he's only twenty one, so he's been busy, hasn't he? Yeah. So he's born twenty twenty, and he's been that time. He's already had he's a born twenty twenty. Oh no, she's so <laughs> really uh, naughty toddler <laughs> <laughs> with a crossbow. Sorry, Bond two thousand. Uh, with a toddler with a crossbow. Another yeah. good series for <laughs> five star. He could be like the arch villain, couldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, um, um, "Sentence the, the, the sentencing heard uh, it, that he'd applied for jobs within the armed forces that could have led to close proximity to the monarch. Yeah, that's how I remember. The yeah. former supermarket worker demonstrated a wider ideology focused on destroying old empires and creating new mm. ones, including the fictional contexts such as Star Wars. Yeah. So he's Star Wars obsessed, is this kid? Child had described himself as a Sith. And Darth Jones. <laughs> no, I remember it in that bit. I hope he's got the other bit as well, because you know, there's a really juicy bit to this. What, they confided to his murderous plan to an artificial intelligence companion? That's the one, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically built himself some sort of, like... Chatbot. Owl chatbot, thing, yeah. yeah. So he's on sort of, like, C-3PO or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, something to chat to, right? He also wrote in a journal that if the Queen was unobtainable, he would go for the Prince as a suitable figurehead in an apparent reference to the King Charles. So, I mean, this is just like... Um, it's just so strange. I mean, the thing is, he had he had a, he was dressed in black, he had a mask. He Have was you seen the mask? Crossbow. No, is it mad? Oh, look it up. It's so worth looking it is up. Is it worth looking yeah. it up? Right. Is it like a... What is that? It's like a, it's like it looks like an old man or something. A moth man. Oh, there's a close one. When, they, when he's got it off, it's a full metal fucking man in the iron mask. Oh my god, it's like, what's his yeah. name in it? Is it a Punisher? Yeah, either that or even a bit more, um, what's the one outlawed at rings, you know what I mean? He's got a bit, a bit of one like that, hasn't he? 
I don't know which one. Uh, proper bad guy. Soren. He wants his ring back. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, little man. Can I have my ring back? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A bit ring wraithy, a bit Soren y, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a, you know, so it's a bit, yeah. But he mustn't, you know, he's, he's been hitting something with hammers to make Yeah, that, he's forged he? it, hasn't yeah. he? In the forge. Maybe this might, again, again, we've got somebody here doing bizarre things, going to extreme lengths. Odd occurrences, mm. talking about sort of like sci-fi empires and weird little things. Maybe he's got a little bit more influence going on. Maybe there's a bit more to this than meets the eye. Could be, couldn't they? I think he's just lost himself in fantasy world. He's obviously got some kind of problems upstairs. Yeah, um, and he's got very lost in because he does seem like years. Doesn't it? like say he's been trying to get into armed forces or yeah. be a beef eater or something just to get caught. Well, he's looked right. at his Indian heritage apparently and this these aspects of like empire, which has right. completely fucked him up mentally yeah, when yeah. he's looked into it. You know, he sort of thinks where, where uh, well what the British Empire did, yeah. and to a certain extent, I can totally understand that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Definitely. It must be shocking being a young lad thinking right. Um, you know, live in England, but from Indian descent. Well, let's have a look at the history. Like, oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> this is it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, because it's, um, you know, you you look at sort of empire and things like this. But have you heard of the um, um, the uh, Van Tullican brothers? No. They're like they're, the, they're basically two two sort of TV doctors, and they're really, 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 really nice guys. Uh, Zand and Chris, Chris and Zand, I think they're called right. You know what mm. I mean? I think they're sort of like some sort of Dutch descent as well, but they're really. Do great shows, really funny, really light-hearted. Yeah, yeah. They take part in a lot of like medical experiments as well, not anything harsh. Yeah. But say, for example, because of the twins, identical twins, ah. they'll sort of say, right, okay, well, you know, let's let's try see which one of us can stand cold, putting a hand in cold water for longer. Yeah, yeah. And one can stand it more than the other. Yeah. Now, one of the other two of them as well is more prone to eating loads of fast food and he puts on a lot of weight. Right. And he struggles with this, and the other brother's kind of worried about it because he keeps really fit. Yeah. And they have these differences between them, which you sort of think, oh, God, you know, that's pretty unusual. Yeah, so, yeah. so they do these things on the BBC, and they're very interesting guys. But they've recently done a TV show about the history and they can look into how funny it all is about yeah. their sort of, you know, about their heritage. And they go, oh God, we had this funny uncle were great, wasn't yeah. they? Anyway, the spoiler alert, <laughs> they managed to trace their um, their ancestry back to, to some of the most influential Dutch slavers who have ever lived. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> And big part of like the East oh. Indies Company and all this sort of thing, and people who were, I think it was like Jamaica and all that kind of area, oh, where man, they man. they just had these plantations full of slaves, oh, and man. even to the point where their relative was in charge of all the slave owners. He oh. was the guy who orchestrated Pimp it Daddy. Pimp Daddy of oh, the slave no. trade. Yeah. <laughs> that's in your blood. That's why you're in that like, <laughs> position to make a uni and everything. Well, this is, you've just said it. Oh. You've just said exactly the point I'm trying to make, which is the fact that the guy who was showing him all the information was a black guy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, actually. And the look on their faces when he's getting document after document <laughs> out. They just look like they've had to sort of like eat a big shit sandwich and smile. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Oh, our relatives are awful. And, oh, man. and you could see as well then the extra penny dropping. The fact that they've all been to medical school, they've all got lots of money, they're really well off. Yeah. The dads had a great uh, all their money and inherited wealth is off slaving. And it's still there. Still there. Yeah. That, well, well, it's the repercussions. Just the ripples go on. God. So the ripples go on in the fact. Now, if you were to turn and say it to sort of like people in that era. 
and say, do you know that guy who's in charge of you, that bad guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. His family will still be rich yeah. in 250 years' yeah. time. They will be influential people. People really revere their, their the great, 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 great grandchildren of that man. Oh. And they'll still be rich off your hard work. Oh, your be, slavery. Yeah. Oh, God. That's, That's depressing, isn't it? isn't it? But then, you know, I mean, all you do then if you're them. You know, every time you look at your bank account, every time you look at your family house, which is sort of like a seven-bedroom detached yeah. place in Buckinghamshire or something, every time you look at your heritage and your wealth and your knowledge and your sort of education, everything just comes off the back of the death God. and slavery of others. They need to do more tests on twins. <laughs> which one's more traumatised? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Fast food ones don't give a. You know, he's like, I don't know. They're just need another on. cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm not right bothered. Oh, I'm just going to go for a run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll come back. Oh, it's shocking, but isn't the, it? But yeah. the quandary there is, what do you do as far as reparations? If you, it's up mm. to you. If you felt bad about it, do you think, well, I'm, I'm going to have to do something here? Because I have heard this. There's somebody else, I, I, I've forgotten the public figure, but there's somebody else sort of said, right, I've discovered that I, my money was from this. Mm. They now do things to sort of like create, do it as reparation. They'll yeah. say, right, I'm, I'm going to work for this charity. I'm going to help this sort of thing. It's good that the doctors, because they are giving something back already there. You said a pair of them are doctors. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so at least they've always been, had their hand in helping other people. But I think, yeah, yeah you need to really concentrate where you can help. Because uh, it... If you're a relative and you've got the money, who was the relatives that haven't got money, you know, from the slave trade and you yeah. know, from that is anything. Well, I think it's, it's more than money. I think it's actions. Yeah, I mean, actions yeah. are a lot more. So it's a little late because you, you, they could actually sort of say, right, we'll give all our money away and struck yeah. in the ocean. It's not going to make it. Yeah, make absolutely. An impact. Yeah, yeah. Act, human actions. So, for example. They're both doctors. Yeah. Why not go do sort of like service in sort of in very yeah. small, very poor townships or yeah, something definitely. somewhere and yeah, help yeah. help the ill there. Yeah. You know, and I think I'd make that a point. Say at least once yeah. a month every year, yeah. go out and help. Yeah. Free. Even if it's like training, you know, more yeah. people over there to be, yeah. you know, hands on. on I the think the, I think the message there is it's never too late to help and do something different. That's very true, Arky. Yeah. Wise words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very wise man. <laughs> so I've been looking at a bit of local news and things like this, Ooh, right? Well, you know, local. You know, it kind of isn't. It isn't. You know. I mean, it is news. It's it's, it's news stories today. I mean, this is something which which kind of interests me, and um, it's really recent. Is this? And this is actually a story that's been almost appeared on Crack and Cove now for quite a few weeks. All right. Um, obviously, we haven't been here for every episode. You know what I mean? So, no, we have been here for every episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have not been. We've not had an episode for every week that we've been doing. Yeah, no, God, that'd be weird. Sense. Imagine there was episodes we didn't know about. <laughs> yeah. Something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, R.I.P. Well, Thor no. doing the run show. Yeah, so. <laughs> would have been good for Pete. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but this is something that's starting to sort of like gain traction now, and I think this is going to be pretty important. Mm. So we're co- going to cover it today. Now, there's a Harvard physicist called Avi Loeb, right? He's an astrophysicist. Is this guy? And he is uh, he's actually like a bit of a big mover mm. in the old sort of like uh, astrophysics. 
sort of like field. Astrophysics. So you work. It's physics, but in space. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Space physics. Yeah, you know your favourite kind of physics. <laughs> and Harvard, obviously, highly, uh, uh, highly influential. Really, really respected and this sort yeah. of stuff, right? And I've seen before that people have been looking at the sea because an object has hit the sea. An object's come in, hit the sea, uh, a strange trajectory trajectory right? right and this happened quite a while back now this actually occurred i think it was uh, it was a, it was the meteor was im1 and it crashed in 2014 right and the defense department confirmed to nasa in 2022 that the velocity of the meteor does indicate an interstellar trajectory Wow. What that means, it does not come from our solar system. Wow. Now, if you remember, we talked before on this about that great big slab sort of thing. Yeah, that's you, cigar shape. Yeah, thing, that's, that's yeah. another item that doesn't well, come. When with that? that was that, so that's been in and gone. Yeah, but what? But that was about 20, if I'm right, that was about 2020, was that? 2021. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot, this was a lot sooner, not yeah, before, before that. It. But this item, this object wasn't really detected. Right. At first, it was almost like by the time it hit, it was too late. It'd, it'd come in, hit, yeah. and that were it. There is, I know at the moment, I, I don't know enough about it at the moment, there's another object detected now that is an interstellar object. We have found these are one. really rare, aren't they? I've heard. They're like unheard of, aren't they? The big one that we saw at first there that we talked about yeah. caught, is called uh, Oamuamua. I think it's called. So that's the cigar that's, shaped That's the one. big, long cigar shaped yeah. one, right? That's the one that was spotted that thought that's that's absolutely weird. Is that right? You know, that's very odd. And in it's it, they reckon it's uh, three hundred to three thousand feet long with a thickness which is thirty five to one hundred and sixty seven meters. Oh. So so basically, it's three thousand feet long potentially, five hundred and forty eight feet wide. Wow! So it's a long, thin, strange shape. The um, the shape of it does not. That's this older object that yeah. we're talking about, uh, or, or not older. This is a, an object that's been spotted and seen before. You know, we're, we're aware of this object. It's been sort of catalogued and yeah. looked at. And um, the trajectory of it is not a an orbiting item. That's yeah. what they're saying. It's come from outside the solar system, so it's on its way through, passing yeah. through. It is not affected by uh, any of our gravities. Not the fact it is. It's, it's a sun as well. It didn't. It, it, where it passed, it should have been affected by the sun. You know, like yeah. It should have speed, speeded up, and it didn't. There should have been trails coming from behind it, and there were nothing. nothing. You know yeah, I mean? this is right, yeah. Because a lot of the time, the, uh, yeah, these things shed particles to yeah. show there's water, ice, other materials on it. Heat, other things are sort of like degrade it. The sun on one side will actually sort of break down items on it. Yeah. This isn't occurring. Yeah. Also, the, because of the shape of it, quite often things that are hit... Um, or go into space because, the, say, for example, if two Earths, two moons collide, or yeah. large objects collide, this because the amount of energy involved quite often involves molten items. Mm. So the melt, and then here's an example for you, right? The way they used to make bullets, as it were, or shot, yeah, um, was they used to just have molten lead and a very tall tower, mm. right? So they get molten lead, go up to a very, very, very tall tower. And at the bottom of the tall tower was a big sand pit. Right. And they would drop measured amounts of molten lead from the top of a tower. Yeah. And as this wobbly molten lead would cool, it'd become a perfect sphere. Wow. And by the time it hit the sand, it was hard enough. It was hard, it was solidified and cooled enough for it to be a perfect sphere, and then they could use, and because it was a measured quantity, they could use that and it would fit perfectly in a musket. 
that's fascinating. I'm yeah. really surprised it would be, I thought it would be a teardrop, not a... Uh, no, it makes a sphere. Wow. Yeah, as the whole item becomes, sort of, creates, it gets itself forms together, that's what happens. <laughs> that right? is very, very clever. Yeah, and that is what happens when, sort of, when Earths or Moons or planets collide. Yeah. Molten material is ejected, Yeah. It, it, and as it cools, it becomes roughly spherical. Yeah. It becomes a rounded shape. This item isn't. This is a long slab. Yeah. This is a, 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 a strange piece of. When I first saw it, I thought, "Is it, is it travelling, you know, spinning end over end, end over end?" You know what I mean? No, it's oh, not. It's not twirling. It's, bit, it's just travelling as if you were, uh, as if a you'd spaceship, as if you'd fired an arrow, sort of thing. Yeah, That's yeah. the way you kind of think yeah. of it. It's got no propulsion. It's not. It doesn't seem to be propelling itself. It is travelling at a set speed. Yeah. You know, so that's a weird item. Anyway, uh, Harvey Lowe, right, from Harvard, mm -hmm. he's found another item. Yeah. The item has hit the sea. So 2013. <coughs> 2014. This is the item IM1. They don't know the shape of it. All they know is at that time, this thing hit. So have they got it on radar or something? How do, how yeah, do they know that's that, it. Yeah. I think they, they just knew at the time something. Oh, yeah, it's something weird's coming at a very odd angle. Because quite often, what will have happened for things to hit us, they'll they'll become into our uh, influence, to call it. Yeah. So the the the, the Earth's gravity will get to know. Oh, right, it's there. It'll spin around a few times, go into our orbit a little bit, bit by bit. Then wham, there'll be a certain angular trajectory that it will hit at speed. Yeah. And come in probably quite shallow. That's why you see sort of like loads of sparks and things flying off them. Yeah, and yeah. You know, when you see see meteors and things, they're coming in at a shallow angle. Very rarely coming sort of like straight down yeah. at us, yeah. because even if they're in the influence of a different planet or the sun's orbit, yeah. it wouldn't naturally take it straight at us because yeah. we're all spinning in the same direction. If you like, yeah. we're all sort of under the influence of the gravity of one of of, of, of the main solar body, the sun. And this isn't, this is coming at a weird angle, God. it's come shooting straight in, hit the sea off Papua New Guinea, they know this is a weird item, that's how wow. it works out. That's because astrophysicists are very, very clever chaps, aren't yeah. they? You know I mean? <laughs> We're cleverer than me and you, oh, a pair yeah. of lowly lighthouse keepers, <laughs> right? We're just doing our best, <laughs> that's all we're doing, right? Anyway, um, Harvey Lorber decided this is worth looking at. We have to go find, you know, if, if you could go up and find that thing, the, the big item up in space, the big slab, you'd go, wouldn't you? No, absolutely. But what's easy, if you know there's one at the bottom of the ocean, yeah. let's go find it. Wow, that is exciting. Harvey Loeb has found it. Oh, sweet Jesus. Now, the issue he's got with this is it's broken up as it's hit the sea, right. but not in a conventional way. It's melted. Now the heat as it's come in has turned this entire item molten. Right. So as it's kind of come in and hit hit everything at such speed and power and everything like that, it's broken it into droplets of material. Wow. And those droplets in the sea have then cooled. Yep. And these are what he's found. These interstellar marbles, as he's referring to them. Right, how big are they? Tiny, oh, absolutely right. tiny. These things, uh, the sphere, uh, sphere rules or spherules, are less than a millimeter in size. Right. right, which you think, oh shit, that's disappointing. We want big bits, yeah. right? But 
But I know already from other things, from other reports, I've found weird things like what looks like wire. Uh -huh. Other strange materials, foreign materials in this area. It's like, a, imagine it's got a trajectory on the seafloor which goes from sort of like left to right as it's travelled yeah. when it's been hit. It's grounded in the seafloor. There's uh -huh. ash, there's mess, there's destruction wow. down there. This is what they've det detected. They've, they've dredged this area and this is what they found these things, right? So they've actually pulled them out of the sea? They've pulled them out, he's detected them. And Avi Loeb says he believes they might be part of a technological gadget. <laughs> he doesn't believe the natural. Wow. They're, he thinks they're constructed. He says, so setting out to find fragments of the object, Loeb's team in June dredged the ocean floor with a mag magnet sled, which picked up mostly volcanic, volcanic ash. About a week into the expedition, the researchers found the metallic marbles, as Loeb described them, buried inside the ash. The spherules are less than a millimetre in size. He says, We found them concentrated along the path of a meteor, and moreover, the composition may be completely different from solar system objects. We are planning to use electron microscopes to also image them and examine what kind of isotopes they contain, like perhaps radioactive isotopes. Either it's a rock that was made in an environment very different than the solar system because the material strength was tougher than all space rocks, including iron meteorites. Right. Now, just to break off there, have you ever actually touched an iron meteorite or no. seen one? Iron meteorites insanely dense. Ah, right. The molecular structure is compacted. There is so heavy. Wow. Incredibly heavy. Yeah, yeah. A really famous one came down in the, uh, the Walden-Newton Triangle, yeah. as it happens. Yeah, and I've, I've seen a sliver of that particular wow. one. I've actually seen the full meteor as well. It's just this piece of iron which just weighs dozens and dozens of tons Jesus. because it's so dense. Wow. And the st crystalline structure within it, because it the metals are crystalline structures, yeah. they are so dense, totally different, but they're made, they're forged in space. Yeah, right. But even the power and strength and energy which forges these iron meteorites in space couldn't have made it that they dense. couldn't have made these completely Whoa. different material right so while these items over are, are, are tiny yeah he's thinking well what they found is actually is actually a steel titanium alloy wow that's the material they're made of now steel itself is an alloy that's yeah. an uh, an ion uh, an iron alloy which has chrome molybdenum or something like that various other items in, in it to make steel that's yeah. how steel becomes so strong you alloy with these other 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 metals and you get strength and suppleness yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that and rust free properties all sorts of stuff this steel is alloyed with titanium wow. so the only way to do that is under strange and unusual sort of pressures and circumstances yeah, yeah, yeah. so um but other items look like they've been found along these things and he's thinking this looks more less like a meteorite, like a stone thing that's t that's big, or a metal metal meteorite. This looks more like a machine potentially. A machine that's blown up completely, or it's landed, its crust, its protective crust has come off, and it's drove off. Well, that's an interesting question. Never thought of it like that. Uh, the, the 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 guesswork here is that it's vaporized on entry into our atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. It's become almost like a mist of metal. Yeah. And that is what we're finding now. 
But who's to say it might have had a case on it, it's yeah. hit, and that case, that protective case has come off and it's gone trundling away in 2014, and that's why we're seeing so many undersea UFOs yeah. sort of thing. Oh, not UFOs, what they're calling the... Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Not UA, UA. USB. Well, undersea spaceships, we'll yeah, call them yeah, for yeah. now for the sake of argument. Some, so many of these have been discussed. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the source of it. I tell you what, they don't tell us, do they, till like bloody 10 years after fact. We think, is it happening more? Is there more of these? They're not, they're oh, they're all the time, yeah. T- yeah. Well, I'll tell you now, this story about Harvey Loeb, this is big news today. It? Yeah, it's yeah. big news today. It's happening in the right circles. People are saying, holy shit, yeah. this might be... It. But that bit of physical proof, we can actually put our hands on this. We can put it under a microscope. We can look at it. You know, yeah, really. yeah. This, that is, this is it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing now. It's like you know, people are finding it's. It's. Well, it, no, how did he find it? That's crazy. He's, he's already known the trajectory in. Well, he, he's, the reason he's found it is because they know they know where it roughly where it yeah, hit. Where it hit yeah. And and this is what the genius of the man is. The, and also what I love as well. He's not being ridiculed for going on this mad yeah, mission. Yeah. It's one and a half million dollars it's cost to get out there yeah. with his magnetic sled and detect this. He's been. He said, right. If we could go and fly and detect that big, big one in space, how much would it cost to go there? Sort of thing. Yeah, he's obviously yeah. proposed, not proposed itself. Part of his suggestion, and he'd say, oh, it cost us three billion. Yeah, right. Like, well, one's already here. How much would it cost to go detect that? Yeah. One and a half million is pretty cheap. It is kind yeah, of detection. For an yeah. Like and that. they've got results. They found wow. the material. So, and everyone is saying, shit, this could be it. Nobody's saying, oh, this is an unusual alloy. People are saying, this could be part of an interstellar probe, yeah. something that's come from outside of our, our solar system, and we are, and it's come to look at us, we can look at it. Yeah. This could be contact. God, that's wowzer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's absolutely wowzer. Uh, but more and more of this stuff is kind of cropping up. We're going to follow this on Crack and Curve to I see know. what we can see. It's exciting times. It's the best times ever for you fours, isn't it? It's yeah, just, just yeah. mad. You can't believe that everybody's just talking so seriously about yeah, it. It's, it's in, in the next two years, I think people are just going to turn around and say, well, actually, we know the real now. Yeah, we um, don't know what the fuck they are. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, on Mars now, that they're finding areas where they're thinking, oh, that area... And th- where they chose to put the lander down, the recent sort of like lander, or the most recent yeah, lander, yeah. where they put a place that is at the bottom of a seabed, uh, or an old lake oh, bed or something. Yeah, yeah. And the no now, they're just thinking, right, the samples that were taken there, they're, I think they're almost certain that they're going to find fossils wow. or something like that. I think they're 99% certain now yeah, that the was life of some sort yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically what it comes down to. God, that's so, mind-blowing life. It kind of is, but the, it's, these, it's the little steps that introduce us. You know, if you, if you were to turn around, the first time we went to Mars, if we took, right, we've landed, we've found fossils. Yeah. We, it, we, we'd have lost our tiny minds. They're yeah, probably writing yeah. on the streets. Yeah. Now, what they've carefully eased us towards it, bit by bit, by bit, by bit, by bit. Disclosure. Yeah, and now they sort of said, well, actually, yeah, so we, we have found fossils, so that's going to confirm it. They're going to say that. Yeah, yeah. And then they're going to say, well, actually, we found this probe. We get These little bits are yeah. just going to come in, you know, yeah. and it's, it's and even now, in the last two weeks, it's stopped being fringe. We're going have to look this a little bit deep. I've not had a chance to read. Yeah, I can only research so much. Yeah. Um, but there's there's lots of news coming out at the moment where people are saying people who were looked at as fringe kooks yeah. are being vindicated. They're saying actually this person we laughed at for all these years. They're right. Yeah. Yeah. They're seeing stuff and finding stuff. So it's it's, it's, it's you know, literally now the truth is out there. 
Fox Mulder would be proud of what's oh, going on. Oh, you know? It's incredible, isn't it? What's yeah. next? You know what I mean? It's yeah. coming, isn't it? That's it. So I think I think that hopefully these alloys will be discovered. They'll be perhaps you know recognised and sort of identified as as a, a, a foreign, as in and out of yeah. our planet, our solar system. Oh, our solar system. That's yeah, just, that is mind bending. Isn't it? I love it. That's it. Mm. So and the good thing is again, I, I know I, I've been rattling a lot. lot on a lot about sort of, sort of 2001 a space obviously yeah. I'm, I'm reading i'm reading 2010 now yeah yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah and it's interesting the little introduction at the start of it because he wrote the stories and things before moon landings occurred ah uh, yeah and but yeah, i think it was 68 it was written 69 was the moon landings yeah. and um uh, neil armstrong actually said to him they'd discussed it on the ship that saying when they were landing, they were actually going to report live and say, "Wait a minute, we found a black slab. Whoa. <laughs> we found a monolith." Just do like wind up. Yeah, they oh, were going to do a wind up. Wow. And then I think people said, "Don't you dare! This yeah. is a very important. Do not yeah, drag sci-fi yeah, into yeah. this." Right? But one thing that's very interesting was that um, um, because the, the, this foreword to the book, it's, it's written. I can't remember when it was written. Something yeah. very long, about eighty-two or something. And he was saying that when that he didn't really know what was going to happen when they're looking at, I think it was uh, the, uh, Saturn, you know, yeah. not the, not Saturn, it was um, Jupiter. Yeah. When they're looking at Jupiter, because in the book they're saying that there's this massive eye-shaped structure or something on the on the sort of like a, on the surface of Jupiter, yeah. and in in this circle, this weird black, this weird white eye that's on the surface, there's like a black dot in the middle. And mm-hmm. when they get closer and closer to the black dot, it's another monolith. Wow. That's in the book, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and anyway, when they first managed to get a probe, I think it was one of the Voyager probes went up and actually sort of scanned Jupiter, they found a big white eye. Oh, God. And as they get closer and closer, huh. in the centre was a black dot. Oh, my God. Now, that's all they got to film of it. Yeah, yeah. And they recorded it, and, and, and they got an image of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And that image was sent to Arthur C. Clarke by Carl Sagan, who was in charge of the program, right? Wow. And all he wrote underneath was, thinking of you. Oh, <laughs> God. I think sometimes it's actually make, make it real when people imagine. I don't know. Like a f- cosmic tulpa. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fucking... It's so... You know, ridiculously fucking bizarre that he, you know he wrote it, then it's there. That's it. It's too close for call, isn't it? You know. Oh, oh, oh. But we're we're living in exciting times, dude. This it thing is. we're living in exciting times. Where mm-hmm. Things are happening. Things are occurring. It's the best time for cracking code. It is, mate. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot your stories. Yeah. So that's another one we're going to watch on. For. That's fascinating. I really. We'll like keep that on. We will report back of any fresh news. Yeah. Yeah. But if you know anything more about, it, if you know any stories out there in the. Um, the Kraken Sphere. <laughs> <laughs> Contact us at uh, krakencovepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're at Twitter at uh, krakencove and we're on Instagram at krakencovepod. So you That's can get send us a message, send us a DM, anything you see, anything you think we need to be reporting on, or just a bit of feedback would be really good. You know it would be. It would be lovely. Get in touch, guys. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's a rattle on our <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
callback time arcade. Mm. So you remember we did talk about time slips yes. the other day. Yeah. You know what I mean? How there could have been like um, cosmic portals or yeah. the, the bending of space time. Mm. And I think this could be a thing that could be occurring for quite a while now. The idea that space time is rippling and bending, things altering and stuff. Yeah. You know, and that might be the sort of um, reason why time slips are occurring. Yeah. You know, and it also shows that sort of like time isn't linear. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, which is a good thing, and which actually just call back to what we were talking about before about probes, spaceships, yeah, yeah, things like this. Yeah. You know, that might be how they're getting from A to B, wrinkle up time and cross over the wrinkles kind of thing. Yeah. Um, now this is one that got sent to me by Jim. He, he well, he highlighted this one for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I I hopped on this little story, and it comes from a metal detecting magazine. And he says, I've always had an interest in history and enjoyed. I, I haven't got the name of uh, I haven't got the name of the mm. actual writer of this, so I've just had to take this. This is actually all, all straight off the magazine. Wow. I've had to do runouts of the magazine here. He said, I've always had an interest in history and enjoyed searching for things. Even when I was a child, I just loved looking for birds' nests, caterpillars, fossils, even bottles on a local Victorian rubbish tip. So I didn't think it came as any surprise to my parents when. In the mid-1970s, I became fascinated watching someone detecting on Blackpool Beach. I was mesmerised as the odd penny was found, when a bright, shiny tenpence appeared, and I knew I was hooked. Yeah. Consequently, I pestered my parents for a detective for my 12th birthday. A few months later, we visited a shop in Leeds, which had just started selling detectors, and I was soon the proud owner of a Joan Allen BFO detector. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good one. You say he lives at the coast, or you were visiting then or something? Uh, um, no, I think he's been on his holiday at Blackpool, right. you yeah. know what I mean? Now, many happy, many happy hours detecting in our local parks and fields followed. By the time I reached my late teens, I'd upgraded a couple of times and was now using an Arada 120B. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this model was absolutely great as it had such good depth capabilities. Um, now, I've got to be careful here because this was... And, and it looks like discrimer or discrimination for the time. So I think that's... Mm. Uh, uh, good discrimination for the time. That's what it is. Yeah. Now, discrimination on metal detectors is you can dial things to select certain metals. Right, so you yeah. could only be looking for tin or iron, yeah, or, yeah. and then you twist it. You might be looking for gold or silver Ooh. or whatever like that. You can be like that. The meter would move to the right for non-ferrous metals, iron-based. Uh, 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 Non-iron-based, non yeah. so non-ferrous fines, or to the left for ferrous, which is iron-based. Yeah. Right. However, for the majority of the time, the meter needle remained stationary in the middle of the screen, so most of the time the needles just in the yeah. middle didn't move. One of my favourite sites was in the local woods. I found woods fascinating as not only they were large but also had numerous Victorian footpaths and tracks throughout. There was also an old quarry and the remains of an army camp uh, which had housed Italian POWs in the 1940s. And also there was a small firework factory that had burnt down in the 1950s. Hello, where that is. Where? Well, it's Carly, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the woods just through there. Yeah, it's where that pond is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I was there one Saturday afternoon in the 1980s, and this time accompanied by my girlfriend Amanda, who was also interested in history. So this is, he's probably in his 20s now, is this yeah, guy, yeah. you know what I mean? As we walked down the main track through the woods, we took one of the small footpaths, chatting as we walked. I made the occasional find, and all was quite normal. The sun was shining, the birds singing, even the local church bells were ringing. Carverly Church. Suddenly the needle on the meter swung to the right, indicating a good signal. So I stopped. Then it swung all the way over to the left, indicating a ferrous signal. 
Before I could react to this, it swung to the right again and then seemed to swing on its own, backwards and forwards like a windscreen wow. wiper. Suddenly everything went quiet. I looked at Amanda and she could see there was something wrong and I showed her the meter which continued swinging backward and forth, even when I wasn't moving the searching head. I switched the detector off thinking there was a fault. However, when I turned it back on, the meter carried on swinging back and forth. <laughs> then suddenly, without warning, everything around us went very quiet. As I said earlier, it was a warm sunny day. Just previously, the birds had been singing and gentle breeze and a gentle breeze was blowing through the trees. We could hear the noise of local traffic and the church bells ringing, but suddenly it all just seemed to stop. In fact, there was no sound at all, and everything went very still. When I looked down, the needle of the detector was still swinging backwards and forth. It was then that we both started to panic. I realised something was very wrong, and I switched the detector off, grabbed Amanda's hand, and we ran. Now remember my little meat thing in the woods when yeah, I got the yeah. feeling and I had to run me and the yeah. dog? It's that, that. I can't say what I was running from, but we both knew something just wasn't right. Knowing the woods like the back of my hand, we ran back towards the main track that runs the entire length of the woods. When we reached the track, it all seemed very different. Its surface looked newer, and I didn't recognise the trees and bushes growing alongside it, so we just kept running. As we ran down the track, we suddenly came across a large Victorian house. <laughs> I can see it now, with its tall gothic windows and its half-drawn drapes. It had very soot-blackened walls, and smoke was emanating from its tall chimney. The worrying thing was that I had never seen the house before, and I knew that if we were where I thought we were, then that house shouldn't have been there. I had walked down that lane many times before, and had never seen it. As blind panic started to set in, the only sound that we could now hear was our heavy breathing and our hearts beating in our ears. We turned around and dashed back the way we had come, back off the lane and again up the path to where we had started. That was when the sound returned. We got back to the lane again and this time it looked as, as it should. Nevertheless, we didn't stop running until we came to the entrance of the woods and we had managed to compose ourselves and to caught our breath we decided to retrace our steps and see what had happened if the house was still there. Oh, wow. That, to me, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You know? The strange thing was that we could clearly follow our tracks through the grass until we reached the lane, but it now all looked as it should. So we walked further down, and as expected, there was no house to see. <laughs> wow. I've been back, been back many times, had a look at it, nothing. God, it's so good that he's got a partner. Normally you're on your own, you're hearing yeah. other people alone, but with his partner there as a complete witness. That's it. That is well That's a good odd. one. So when they're talking about this, oh, my, my fellow Kraken curvers, the, the woods we're talking about are literally half a mile from the curve. Yeah. You know, we can see, virtually see them out the old lighthouse window. You know what I mean? I think it's a gay cruising spot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you speculating on No, this? no, literally, last time I went there, and it was the last Got time bombed. I went there. Yeah, they were like yeah. Roger in the bushes. I went with kids because I thought it was the same pond that had the snapping turtle you told me about. Is it oh, the same right, pond? no, it's not the same oh, pond. Oh, right. right, right. But we, we, I remember 
somehow we knew it were there and we'll say oh it's a snapping uh, turtle pond let's go see if we can find it yeah obviously it wasn't there but with kids you know when you're in woods when you've got two young children I'm, I'm on pro- full panther mode yeah, you know I mean yeah. anything going wrong I'm going to brace them to death if they come near me you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not just, I'm like that yeah. uh, you know I'm always well on it and we walk along as normal and they really rustle it in bush and I yeah. thought you know, this is getting close. It's going to either pop out just in front of us or pop out behind us. You know what I mean? And I'm like, kids, you know, get kids on the other side, yeah. ready to launch some at them. Uh, and then these two freaky dudes came out of the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> the, this tiny little Chihuahua dog. Yeah. I mean, they're a good six footers, if not taller than me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, both looked exactly the same. Yeah. But they were. There were a couple. There were, you know, obviously yeah. like a. Um, like Any a tashes? No. Right. <laughs> but blonde hair, all really super gelled and yeah. short and weird, but super blonde eye. Really tan, but gammony kind of pink faces. You know, eyebrows hardly old manicured. Oh, right, yeah. Really plastic surgeon up. You know what I mean? They look like they've had surgery to look like each other. They look fucking freaky, man. Yeah. But where they tottered out at bushes, it was like. I don't know if they were at it or they were waiting or they were like offering in and I were with kids or something. I was like, whoa, you know, just walk straight past them, are you guys? You, know? <laughs> you might have an encounter with Nordics. It could be. Nordic aliens. But then I got around calling them these weird bloke in the cycling shorts, kind of like where you were like sat on the bench you know, on his phone, like waiting on like, oh, no bike. yeah, you were like, <laughs> like whoa, yeah. where are we here? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I don't know there's no snapping turtle <laughs> Kids, back Something in the Something else is snapping. Exactly. <laughs> well, my <laughs> yeah, so I've had weird time slips in them woods. Okay, hell. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, they are. well, I mean, I think woods are a bit like that. Liminal spaces out the yes, woods, you know, yeah, you get yeah. all sorts of stuff goes on in woods. You've got to be a bit careful. I think that's what attracts us to them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're yeah. a bit they're otherworldly yeah. out there, yeah. An- both ancient and strange, you know, and occurrences can occur. So yeah. it's like, you know. That- I go back with kids. Is- <laughs> so, 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 still there. Yeah. I'd give it a swerve value, yeah. you know. Those blokes were disturbing, though, you know what I mean? They looked so much. They weren't twins, or you know what I mean? But they, yeah. they were like trying to be twins, but they were obviously yeah. a couple. How very, strange. It was really odd. Yeah, Nordics, I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, you maybe had your little early encounter. The well, time's a chihuahua, though. <laughs> Who says a chihuahua? That might have been the Overlord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the Mekon. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up, you two. Kill him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and his little children, too. <laughs> kind of misplaced that story at first I thought I'm going to try and find it you know what yeah, I mean again because yeah. I, I only had a really rough copy well a very good story with that. good story I liked it yeah mm. um, but then I sort of thought oh well what I'll do is I'll look for the time slipping leads you know yeah. what I mean that's it different one popped up wow so this was from Secret League, which is quite a good site, actually. Yeah. Is those people going to buildings and all that yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, I used to, stuff? Yeah, I used to watch it all the time. I've not been on for Yonks and Yonks and Yonks, but yeah, I used yeah. to be on there all the time looking for strange things around the local area to sort of head nosy at. And this, was, uh, this is called Sisters Find Themselves Out of Phase in a UK newspaper shop, right? Mm. And this is, in, this is based in Leeds. They don't say exactly where, but you know. Mm. It says, it was 1998 on a summer's morning in Leeds. 
My sister and I were on our way to work and decided to pop into the paper shop. Um, this shop was built around 1899. Uh, my sister was in front of me as we approached the shop door and through the glass panel I saw a woman browsing at the magazine section immediately to the left of the door entrance. It looked as though this woman would be in our way as we entered the shop, but as we did, my sister didn't seem to be aware of her. I told my sister, oh, mind that woman, but she carried on walking and went right through her, <laughs> and the woman faded away. Oh, wow. Only then did my sister stop and ask, what woman? Yeah. I walked ahead of my sister a little further into the shop and turned and told her, I think I've just seen a spirit. You just walked through this woman. But my sister was adamant she saw no one. We both then looked around the shop. The lights were off, which I thought was odd. It seemed very grey and eerie. It was the kind of atmosphere you'd expect in the early hours of a winter morning. But this was summertime during business hours. Though all the shelves were stocked like they should have been, we were the only people there. My sister mentioned it was cold and she said she felt something funny was going on and I felt this too. And I said, we need to get out of here. But we left the shop but lingered outside the door. I described the woman who had been in modern day dress to my sister and she asserted, there was no one there, the shop was empty. But upon later comparison I found that my sister saw everything I saw apart from the woman. We were outside the shop for a full minute when I asked my sister to come back in with me. When we entered the shop, the lights were on and it was full of customers. Oh, wow. School kids, people on their way to work, etc. I had looked more carefully at the people in the store the second time we entered and I feel I would have seen the woman that my sister had walked through. The usual woman was behind the till but she was staring at us with her mouth open. Huh? My sister says, what the hell's going on? Where did all these people come from? I was just in total shock. I walked to the till with my sister and bought some cigarettes. As the woman served us, she looked quite terrified. I'll never forget the look on her face. We left the shop and to this day, still can't get our heads around it. We did go back around a month later to ask the woman if she noticed anything odd, but there was a man serving. And my sister said she'd been back a few times and had never seen her again. We did ask the man if anyone had ever mentioned anything about the shop, but I think, I think, I think he thought we were loons. That's romantic. That seems to me like the, the woman serving is normal, then two girls just materialise in the middle of the shop. That's what I, I, you, I, well, I that's think. it. I think there's two things. I, th I think, I think, oh, it could have gone all old and weird, the shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, uh, or it could be the case that the woman behind the counter was from 1899, oh, and wow, all of a sudden everything yeah. had gone modern and weird around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back of Benson and Hedges? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think the fact that reaction of the woman behind the mm. counter is very weird. Yeah, he's that whole story's odd as hell, isn't it? Yeah. Especially seeing it to the woman and not a sister, then suddenly the whole shop going. Yeah. Oh, that's you'd lose your mind, wouldn't you? That'd I know. be really hard to keep, like, But more and more and more, these these things, people are talking about these events now. Yeah. Uh, again, these yeah. things, perhaps are happening quite a lot more. Or people are just happier to talk about them. Yeah, true. I think it is better, isn't it, now, rather than uh, you should be, like, lose your job, wouldn't you, over but that's that thing of walking and suddenly uh, uh, there's a, there's another phrase that they're talking about which apparently on TikTok another another sort of like social media web yeah. called it's called the uh, the back rooms. Alright. And what they're saying is is sometimes you walk into a place and imagine everything's a movie set and you've yeah. accidentally gone behind the movie set. Yeah, 
yeah. You see the back rooms instead. Oh, right. They're saying this is a phenomenon that a lot of people are experiencing. This oh. out of place, otherworldly, strange experience. Yeah. Thinking, what, 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 what? You just suddenly call oh, behind the scenes. That's, that's yeah. Creepy. It's called the back rooms, <laughs> and that is what that seems to me to me that one there. That seems like the back rooms yeah, sort of definitely. incident. You've walked in when you shouldn't have been in there. They weren't quite rec- ready for you, like the Truman Show or something. Yeah, yeah. And you know they hadn't turned on oh. the reality kind of simulator or whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah, good old TikTok. I told you, kid. <laughs> glasses on. <laughs> Steady on, old chap. <laughs> Drop me gags. But yeah. it, but well, I'm I'm still not on TikTok. TikTok uh, yet, <laughs> you know, missing out and jiggling. It's good for little. <laughs> it's good for bizarre stories. You do get stuff quite quick on it. You know, like Twitter is in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You do get the unedited. what like with Hugh Edwards' ass. Yeah. <laughs> But you do get unedited, you know, people are less scared to put it on for some reason, so you get news quicker or weird stories quicker. Yeah, I suppose they do happen yeah. a bit quicker on there, but you know, I think for me, if I were jumping on all the news stories that came out way, I'd, I'd go insane, yeah, I've got to kind of keep it a little bit on yeah. the lighter side of the yeah. or more affirmative. Yeah, because no, TikTok is yeah. just a screaming mess, it really is, but <laughs> that's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> piece here right which it, it doesn't really particularly go a, a strange story on its own right but it kind of links on to things right because we're talking about bigfoot and everything like yeah, this, yeah? We, like squat. Bit, we like a bit of bigfoot and things right so um and people think i don't know they just don't seem to see it as a very plausible thing that could occur um but on on a, a relatively recent um uh, uh Documentary on like sort of discovery or something like yeah. this, and it was David Attenborough was asking him about sort of like what creatures, what could be out there, what could be discovered to look for. First thing he's gone for, he says, "Yes, I think there could be an abominable snowman. There could be a yeti. Wow. There could be Bigfoot." Yeah. He says, "That is a thing I think could be discovered yeah. and on thought of or discovered to be real in one way or another." You yeah. know, um, because the evidence is starting to get there. Yeah. It's all that sort of stuff, and then people sort of say, "Oh well, that's, you know, it seems a bit preposterous." And then his argument was, well, "No, because only not that long ago there was one of our relatives." Gigantopithecus blackie is the oh, actual speech, yeah, which is the sort of like Gigantopithecus is a relative of ours. It's on the same sort of linear path of, as apes and various things like this. Right. But it is a more on the path to being humanoid than wow. anything else. Um, but I didn't realise how big Gigantopithecus got. There's a scale it. of. Jesus, whips! We're like the size of one of its legs. Yeah. His arms are like nearly twice as long as us. That's it. Its arms alone, I think, could have been as big God, as us. Look at them big murdering paws. I know. Ooh. So Gigantopithecus blackie was a uh, sort of. It split from the orangutan lineage around 12 million years ago, right? They found fragmentary fossils of, of the, the creature, right? Which they could be between 300,000 and 2 million years ago. Really? Which is roughly. We were sort of. Human humans, recognisable humans, were walking the earth at that time. Yeah. This was something which was around the same thing, roughly as us. They reckon it could be the size and power of it, Gigantopithecus blackie, 
could have been around the size of a modern polar bear weighing around a thousand pounds and standing nearly ten feet tall oh on its back legs, God. which is three meters. So they've now found teeth, jaw bones, and other parts of it like this, which are the sort of like the, the, they're analysing. I think it probably spent most of its time on all fours, though. So yeah. it was almost like a gorilla. It will have been moving around in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. But they're also thinking it could have been. Although gorillas are obviously very intelligent, this yeah. could be more on a par with us wow. as a species. You know what I mean? That is and that's what I find interesting about Gigantopithecus blacky. It's not a question of sort of saying, um, "Oh, these bigfoot yeti, blah blah blah." Oh, they're just big mythical beasts. Mm. There was a creature that lived like this. That looked fits like the that. description in, of it. Yeah. In, 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 to an exact way. Yeah. Unfortunately, not being able to really get any DNA, it's degraded too much as this sort of stuff. They reckon that DNA now, but they reckon it doesn't really last past 10,000 years, so yeah. they can't tap into it and get anything. Unless they found a whole one sort of like buried in permafrost yeah. or something like this, they're not going to find anything. But no, they, they, they just don't reckon they, they just don't reckon they can find it. They drilled into a Gigantopithecus tooth that they got, which was about 1.9 million years old. Right. Again, no joy. They tried mm. to find the root and stuff, you know. But they reckon it was there at the same time as the Homo floriensis uh, and the Philippines Homo luzonensis. Both of the little peoples. Oh, were right. Tiny. All, but we're all basically related. Yeah. We're both exactly sort of, we're all of the same lineage. Yeah. We are humans filling various niches and things. Yeah, you know, yeah. hum- hominids is the term we use. Yeah, hominids, yeah. you know, filling these various uh, various glimpses, these various uh, uh, niches. And I thought it's really quite quite an interesting creature. So when you said orangutan, so is that like really far south in the world where they were home? True, but what you have to remember is that, that um, on in, in over millions of years we've travelled, you know, very over various land yeah. masses in particular kind of ways, and also that the land has changed. So, for example, the UK it was part of a, a common Europe. Guana so. land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was Doggerland. Oh, enough. Yeah. Well, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're thinking, uh, uh, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but already it's just a funny name. Yeah, Pangaea, like, oh. sort of yeah. like these one of the things. But there's also that's we it was. It, that was hundreds of millions of years, or yeah, dozens, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 40, 50 million years ago, over we were. There was one Pangaea, was That's like it, one yeah. big land, land, sort of like a land, land mass. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't, this is a lot more recent. Yeah. And the land or the world looked pretty much as it does to us now. Yeah. Apart from seas with different levels, uh, um, especially with ice ages, because obviously what occurs with ice ages is, yes, everything gets covered in ice. Mm-hmm. But what also happens with ice ages is the ice kind of gathers and rises high. Yeah, yeah. So because the right ice is sort of stacking up in some areas, if you like. Yeah. Um, sea levels it, go down. Like. The sea levels go down. Mm. That's exactly right. So that's the issue. So when you have big thaws, yeah. you have flooding. This is, what, this is what they're worrying about now, about the ice caps melting. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. all that stacked up fresh water could end up sort of like diluting the seas yeah. uh, and, and flooding lowland areas. Yeah. And... Um, but the thing I found interesting about this, about Gigantopithecus, and this is why I've got the story, is because they found artefacts in Kent, which are, they reckon, about 300,000 years old, right? I don't think these are. Now, this sounds a bit pissy of me to say that archaeologists yeah. might have got this wrong. Yeah, yeah. Right. These are stone tools. They found hand axes. I'm going to give you a little look at these hand axes there, right? You see some hand axes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Hand axes yeah, there. kind of classic looking flinty stone looking yeah. things. The issue with it is you'll see the guys there got a pair of like 
tweezers or like a bit, bit like pincer kind of things, yeah? Oh, you've got me gigs on right. now, yeah. Now, a hand axe fits in your hand. Yeah, well, that'd be about my hand. <laughs> this is about three times bigger than that. This is a foot long. Whoa. There's his hands. Oh, yeah. This stone Ooh. tool is massive. Yeah. Now, imagine trying to use a stone tool which is that size. and What use would it be? Yeah, yeah. Now, what these scientists are saying is they're thinking, oh, well, this could be ceremonial. I've got a really big axe because I'm a really big boy. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. That's the sort of mindset they're thinking could be at play here, right? I'm less inclined to believe that. Wow. I'm more inclined to think that you wouldn't go all that effort to make something of that scale yeah. that was of little use. Now, ceremonial axes are very, very important yeah. uh, later on. Uh, uh, this is something I've been studying certain axes as well with with my good mate JP. Mm. The ceremonial ceremonial mace heads, right? Some of these are astonishingly ornate and beautiful. Yeah. They're only quite little, yeah. uh, and because the ceremonial were of extreme high worth. Yeah. Uh, same as the Langdale axes, which were actually cut out of the Lake District stone, a very oh, famous yeah. blue stone that's up there. And uh, I, oh, in fact, there, there's one behind you. There's a little blue stone there. Where are you? That is uh, not that one. Is that, no. that one? You pick that up. Oh, that yeah. That is what's called a rough. Yeah. That is a hand axe. Right. That was made about four thousand years ago by somebody sort of chipping away to make a little hand axe and they thought it wasn't quite good enough so they dropped it and worked on another piece. Yeah, yeah. They only found the perfect pieces and the good thing about that is it's got two properties. Yeah. It, it, this particular blue stone from that area is it's highly prized. When it's chipped, the pieces are like razors. Wow. You could almost shave with them that yeah, sharp. Yeah, yeah. Great for uh, what's called flensing. Which is taking the skin off of animals. Yeah, that's all looking yeah. at it and thinking that. But that has other uses as well. But what they did with us specifically from that area is they, as they would go travel back down, sort of further down south in the Lake District with those stones in the bags, yeah. as they stopped off for tea each night and had a chat and built a fire, yeah. they'd polish them. Oh. So as they went along, these big stones sort of all the way leading out of the Lake District, these big ridges in them. Which was these places where they'd stop it overnight and, ah. and share until eventually these axes were, were almost as smooth as glass. Jesus. And they weren't used as um, necessarily as axes to fight with. They were ceremonial yeah. and highly prized, and, and, and they were sort of, well, they were traded. Yeah. <clears throat> and and as such, a ceremonial axe had a lot of worth. So these massive axes potentially could be worth because oh yeah I've got no, massive axes yeah, but yeah. you'd also have to carry that around with you yeah. it wasn't something you'd you, you might have it on somewhere in, in your, your cave or you might yeah. have it in your, your you'd your, have it all smooth as well wouldn't you you'd make <coughs> it really fancy well then they didn't have the technology to make things quite uh, as smooth because it's from there a bit further on the, the, the stone axe didn't really change in it's sort of like design for a massive amount of years yeah. like many many years they just stayed exactly so something it's mad like, like about sort of 20,000 years wow. they stayed the same with yeah. the technology didn't move on right. and then there was these weird little leaps they suddenly had where some of these really complex and beautiful axes occurred suddenly um, more detailed items occurred now it could be the fact that people have come over from abroad people have come from a place like Egypt perhaps mm. or from the continent and brought really fancy axes in fact the bluestone axes I think could be highly prized because people were coming across from Italy with right. what's called a jadeite axe and these, uh, I saw some of these in the Dublin uh, Dublin Museum. Superbly beautiful green stone axes, yeah. highly polished, glass-like finish, much older than the ones I've just shown. The one I've just shown. Yeah. So they think 
what's happening with the British craftspeople said, well, we want our own green axes. Yeah. It's too expensive or too pride to get from Italy. Mm. Why is a stone that's like it? They've found a similar stone and they've replicated these uh, highly yeah. prized axes. Yeah. Um, they were still working with stone axes and stone tools, but this was just on the cusp of like the Iron Age sort of thing. We we're just yeah. about to start making sort of like metals and forging yeah. and, and, and smelting and things. But these axes that have that size, there's no practical use. Unless it's for a Sasquatch. Uh, yeah, or around. a Gigantopithecus Blackie. Wow. Dude. Which would be, by other term, Sasquatch. Yeah. Or and plus, they, they are supposed to be clever, aren't they? Yeah. Animals use tools already, so yeah. it ain't a massive leap of faith to think that it's figured out how to make a, a basic axe. Yeah. Or oh, the British Sasquatch. Yeah. The Woodwose. The Woodwose? The Woodwose. The Woodwose oh. is our Sasquatch. Wow. And um, this is something that seems to be overlooked all the time. The Green Man, I think, is the yeah. Woodwose. Ah, it is the Hairy Man of the Woods, is the Woodwose. <laughs> And in a Ripon Cathedral, carved into the, the into the woodwork of Ripon Cathedral, there is a woodwose. Wow. There is a the, the hairy wooden man. Sort of so thing. it could be a direct link to that. Let me find your picture. Shall I find your picture of it? Yeah, show us a pic. A pic. So this is the hairy man, which is carved into the Ripon Cathedral. Wow, he's fully furry, isn't he? Yeah. And this is the furry man. This is this could be their our. This, this is what is thought of as uh, our version of um, Bigfoot Woodwalls. And so, but these things are otherwise known as the Wild Man. You know what I mean? But he, the Woodwalls appears throughout, sort of like uh, various sort of like drawings and artworks and things like this. And this strange sort of character, which is sort of like in amongst. So there's another carving of the hairy man. Oh yeah. Oh, he's got quite a liney face, hasn't he? Yeah, well, a beard, long beard, so yeah, yeah a, bit, a bit liney, I suppose, but just the thick, the thick beard, so that's in the Suffolk Museum. There's another classic one. Oh, time yeah. and time again, the Woodwose, the Hairy Man, our oh, version yeah. of the Yeti or Monster or Beast or whatever you want, oh. want to call it, there he was, in amongst it. Been running around with a bloody axe. Um, That's terrifying. <laughs> 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 Absolutely, yeah, this is true, you know what I mean? But it's, you know, perhaps, you know, he, he was the, he might have been the original, you know, the original Britain. Yeah. He could have been here first all those years ago, and then here we come walking in from Africa kind of thing. Yeah, Not wanting yeah. to sound too Brexit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, we've we, we travelled across from, from as a, a humans travelling to these areas. Yeah. There could have been older hominids in the area well, that we don't little know Little hobbits in... Yeah, this is, that, is it, you know. What's that one in Hobbit? Isn't there? There's that massive bear-like dude in there. Bjorn. Yeah. 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 That's it. It was yeah. the and he turned into a bear during the night and things yeah. like this. Yeah. I think there was comparisons with him. Oh. Um, and in the Hobbit, I think it was one of the most important characters which was knocked out of the film, uh, which was in the book and possibly the most important character in all of the Lord of the Rings things. Was Tom Bombadil? Yeah, you were in Hobbit, were you? were in um, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. I, I always wondered why they knocked him out because he's like he is a proper godlike character. That's what he is. He's meant to be god. Is he? Yeah, that's what I think. He could be a god or the god or oh, something like that. But almost like as if his time had passed. Yeah, yeah. And he was sort of disappearing back into legend in his, in his own right. Yeah. He was just sort of taking that. No, it was. Oxen Bucky is a fantastic character. And you're right, it's the yeah. most impressive character in it, you know. Yeah, I mean? very strange. Yeah. Wife sounded fit and I all. I know, she did, didn't she? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Swinging with Tom. Go on, give a go, Tom. <laughs> go on, Benny. <laughs> Cheers, lad. <laughs> Thank you.
Almanarchy! The Alan Chuffy Norris! Yeah, actually, it has been a long episode. Yeah, it's been a long episode, <laughs> yeah. We thought better sort of like wind things up. And you do know the next episode is episode 100. 100, we're there. Century. Yeah, the century, yeah. Wowzers. And the best thing is, we've almost got 100 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's took us One long enough. One for every episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're climbing up, our kid. We're climbing. Oh, no. <laughs> Help us! <laughs> oh dear me! You know what I mean? But it's, you know, it's, it, we we do it because we love it. Exactly. We do it because we love it. It is good fun. You know what I mean? But um, I sort of wonder as well sometimes whether sort of um, you know you ever wor- worry about if you if you weren't doing this, we're doing mm. the cove and that. You know, if you weren't a lighthouse keeper, what would you rather be? You know, gluey or something? <laughs> like a, a what? A gluey or some, <laughs> <laughs> or some kind of hobo? <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. You know yeah. what I mean? I know you're applying for those positions. For a while, <laughs> yeah, you know, they always turn me down. Well, I've got a job for you. I've got a place oh, you can nice. fit in perfectly, right? Ooh. I think you're a physical perfect match. <laughs> right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this is the surprising culture of the Ethiopian Bodhi tribe. Right. This right. <laughs> is not what I imagined. Yeah. Well, this is. Imagine your reaction when you find yourself a tribe where big is definitely beautiful. Ooh. Right. Welcome to the Ethiopian Bodhi tribe where men compete to be the fattest in the village. (laughs) (laughs) By, now this is horrible, by drinking a concoction which they claim is a mixture of blood and milk Mm. while living in isolation for six months. Well, they're just sopping that trying to get as fat as possible. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Now, do you want to see a couple of body tribes? Yeah. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> proper whoppers. There's the one on the left that makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, there you go, I kid. Yeah, I've got oh, a you, When you came back from fucking Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Belly on that. He's had to lay down, hasn't he? Wow. Well, what I, what I find funny about this, right, there's all these people, right, I'll, I'll go further on for yeah. this first, right. So, so Slim might be the big guy to deal elsewhere, but Ethiopia's Bodhi or Mien tribe, the bigger the better is the case. The Bodhi people live in a remote corner of Ethiopia's Omo Valley, and it's home to young men who do all it takes to be crowned the fattest man. <laughs> and here's how it works. Young men are selected and fed special meals and, and concoctions for six months, and after that emerged to show off their newly engorged physiques, <laughs> and for a winner to be chosen. The champion fat man is then fated as a hero for the rest of his life. Oh. Right? The food comes in the form of cow's milk and blood mixture, served regularly to the men by women from the village. The cows are sacred to the Bodhi tribe, so they are not killed for the purpose of the ritual. The blood is drawn by making a hole in a vein with a spear or an axe. And after that, they close it with clay. Ew. But because of the scorching temperatures, the men have to drink the two-litre bowl of milk and blood quickly before it coagulates. Oh, God. But not everyone can handle drinking so much at speed, and they puke up. Mm. The ones who do are disqualified. Oh. So it's the guy who can keep it down. <laughs> On D-Day, the men design their bodies with clay and ashes before emerging from their huts for the walk to the spot where the ceremony will take place. This long walk seems tortuous. No thanks to the excess weight gained and protruding stomach. Oh, big wobbly, milky yeah. blood belly. 
So the ceremony involves spending long hours walking in a circle around a sacred tree, watched by the other men and helped by women who ply them with alcohol hmm. and wipe away their sweat. <laughs> so this again, this could be all right. Yeah. Once the fattest man has been chosen, the ceremony ends with the slaughter of a cow using a big sacred stone. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> Didn't An that. hour later, it's dead. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Village elders will then inspect the stomach and the blood to find out the winner's future will be bright one or not. After the ceremony, the men's lives return to normal and most lose their enormous bellies after a few weeks of eating sparingly. And a few weeks later, the next generation of competitively fat bodie men will be chosen <laughs> and the cycle repeats. Wow, that is fascinating. It's absolutely mad, isn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean? Ah. So it's like uh, these are, they say the Bodhi's traditional way of life is under threat from one reason or another. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's about 300,000 of them in this area. And um, but they reckon it could be one of these things that is, is fades into nothingness. So it's worth studying. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's well, you know, it says that stuff like that is still happening on Earth. You know, yeah. it's funny, just so bizarre that it's, it's happening. It happens all in America. This is yeah. all it is. That's what happens. Yeah, it's just so like modern, isn't it? But I just love that that old tradition. He's just going through that. It's gone on for thousands. Yeah, of years, thousands of years. I made it last week, mate. Yeah, some of it's good and some of it's bad. I think sometimes you know we we revere things, revere things as certain ceremonies we think they're important and you know we should talk oh we've got to really respect the uh, these ceremonies of, of, of the of the ancients kind of thing mm. some of it I think is they've lost the way yeah and yeah. I think some some cultures have just it's like the, like we talked about the cargo cults where they revered, used to revere yeah. Prince Philip as a king and now yeah. King Charles as a, as, as a god yeah. uh, and these are people who've kind of lost the way sadly a little bit yeah, you know it, another yeah. one that I've heard about is an African uh, tribe and this this is true this one mm. and they believe that the only way that you could actually have active seed within mm. you to have babies is if that seed is put into you by an older bloke oh what oh so you're getting oh so what happens is the younger men of the village one by one usually take away by get like custard bite <laughs> <laughs> taking away in at bushes for months, oh. right? Bite an uncle kind of a figure, month. right? And absolutely bummed daft, oh. right? For for this time where he's basically putting <laughs> as much spunk in him as possible. Oh. I'm doing it for your kids. Yes, oh, kids. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm absolutely turgid. Don't oh. touch your toes, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, bloody hell. Oh, that's not right, is it at all? No. Someone needs to go with a medical book there. Say, wait a minute. Have a read, look. But no, it, I, it, he's a fucking. It is, yeah. it, it's that's wrong headedness. It's yeah, not right. Yeah. It's wrong. It's, it's and gone it's in not, the wrong direction. Yeah. Like I mean, said, don't be wrong. If people want to sort of like have. I've that kind of action for fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, but but don't, because you, think, yeah. you don't want to do it, if you think you're doing it for stories to get yeah, done, yeah. yeah that, well, that's, that's <laughs> the organ. first bloke who decided that. Yeah. Goes, I've had an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Give this a go. Yeah. If I can pull this one off, it's absolutely jumping <laughs> right all your life. <laughs> yeah, a month. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the thing. So so it's not always right. I mean, I looked up the life expectancy of the Bodhi tribe, and not just because yeah. of this practice. I don't think it is this practice. And um, the life's about 30. Whoa! So, you know, we're looking at the tribal practices and things where people God. do things and lifestyles. 
Um, it's because of the child mortality. They'll probably yeah. lose sort of most of the children when they're really, really young for one reason oh, or another, God. which is super sad. But that's just sort of that is life. Yeah. Um, but you know, we say, oh wow, these wonderful tribes. See how they survive and do things. Isn't it great? Let's mm. revere this. Yeah. Sometimes we are revering these older ways. But the chances are, you said, well, I want to live like that, but you're not willing to give up the idea, or you're not willing to have like nine kids and lose five of them. Yeah. You know, that's the that's no, sometimes the truth. Modernisation can be quite good for a tribe like that. Can yeah, you're really fast. Dirty. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, it's not always easy. You know, mm. hey, but fair play to them. Yeah, fair <laughs> yeah. play. Have you fun where you can. <laughs> yeah, that other yeah. tribe does, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Now, what I need to do is, uh, we need to ask people then. So we're going to be hopefully back for episode 100. We're not going to do anything particularly amazing about it because yeah. we, we, you know, time-wise, I'm not going to. We're not, exactly. it's not all, we're, yeah, yeah. all we're going to do is we're going to have an hundredth episode. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's going to be quite good for maybe the a bit. Cold is enough, for our kid. The, the cold is enough, isn't it? You yeah, know, yeah, I mean? yeah. so that's pretty good. So if anyone has got in touch. We did these more details at the end of the show. Have a listen through. You can listen to our sort of socials and stuff like that. Always wonderful to listen to you from. Uh, always wonderful to hear from you guys. And so do get in touch. But until then, I need to hear a little bit more about. Um, I've forgotten his name now. Your monkey friend. Oh yeah, monkey. Oh, Jesus, monkey star. I need to, need, I need to hear more about Jesus, monkey yeah, star. Yeah, don't you worry. Yeah. Well, it might take us a month. Yeah, you're in them bushes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fill you out, kid. I'll Jizzle, fill you in. She's a monkey starfish. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a big bye bye from Matt. It's a bigger bye bye from Benny. Take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of this trumpy room. There are three ways you may contact Cracking Cold. Either by email at crackingcoldpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter at Kraken Cove or Instagram at Kraken Cove Pod. Ha ha!